conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now back to the episode. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey everyone, I was hoping to get this message put together sooner, but things like this unfortunately take time to set up. I just want to say that the acts of war against Ukraine break my heart, and I know as a prior service member myself that my thoughts and prayers go out to everyone who's fighting the fight that they really shouldn't have to. That being said, we have been working behind the scenes with all of our podcasts and podcast partners to put a fund together in order to pay for any refugee housing and other needs that go alongside that, like food, water, and any clothing needs. Internally, many podcasts in the Hospitality FM network have voluntarily given up sponsorship money in order to donate to the cause and are working on a unified message in order to spread throughout all of our podcasts. So this is me calling out to all of our property manager friends, industry experts, and anyone knowing of those providing lodging for Ukrainian refugees seeking safety. You can contact me directly at will, with one L, W-I-L, at slicktalkmedia.com. We have an internal document that is being updated in real time. So if anyone could share this message within your network, we'd greatly appreciate it. I'm also placing in the show notes a link to our GoFundMe and landing page for Rentals to Rescue. That's rentals.torescue.com, where we're putting funds together in order to, again, provide finances for any of these lodging and relocation needs. So thank you so much for tuning into this quick message. I hope you guys are all well and safe, as I know we have tons of listeners in Ukraine and other countries in in Europe. So thank you so much for tuning in and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we doing? Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Feeling, feeling good. New week. Yay. How <laughs> <laughs> was the weekend, Michael? That was great, actually. was was really nice. I spent some good family time. Finding nice weather in here, so uh, you might see some you, small tents. So it was, it was really good. Did you say you stayed in a vacation rental? Yeah, I came back actually for the recording. It's like a half hour away from here, and I'm just driving back after the recording. Nice. Nice. Is it a castle? Uh, no, I'm not so from the castle. No, the Golden is. It's like uh, it's like kind of close to a lake, so it's quite nice. It's a bit in the south from uh, south from here. 
Are you I fluent in Polish? If I speak Polish? Yeah. No. I can order beer, wine, and thank you, and goodbye, and that's pretty. And I know, well, if they're saying words, it's, it's okay. I get some words, but the grammar is, is so difficult, I don't even start. And if I just try, even try to, they probably think I'm just saying something completely differently. So try to avoid it. So. Fair enough. Sweet. Well, Hoodie uh, Monday. I like it. I know. I was going to say. <laughs> Can't wait until we all have uh, some GMH. I think gear. it's Piontek. I think Monday Piontek. I think. I'm going to be completely incorrect, but I think Piontek. I have no uh, idea. See, hey, you see my <laughs> skills in here. So people listening to this podcast are even now learning Polish. So imagine. Yeah. For our Polish listeners and our watchers. So. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I know nothing. I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> no, that's funny. Um, sweet. Well, we have a, a fun topic today uh, for all our audio listeners. Um, we're going to do a what's with the noise and then jump right in to the topic, which is niche booking sites, niche anything. Um, you know, specialization, I think, is a good role into that. So Mr. Golden is a big fan. That's so topic. We'll save that for another day. Ah, dang it. So close. Uh, but no, it's good stuff. And I think it's a, a good fit for the, re, you know, the recovery overall in, in general for travel and tourism, hospitality, you name it. So let's jump right in with grandma and then we'll go into the topic. So every Saturday morning, I take my boy for donuts, and this morning he wakes up just screaming, donuts, donuts, but thanks, Grandma, for uh, rubbing that in our face. So uh, last week, Google came out with some, some pretty great news for travel in general, but they are allowing flexible, uh, in-the-office, hybrid kind of work-from-home work week, but also they are allowing any time throughout the year, four weeks of work from anywhere. So now not only do you have your vacation, but if you wanna spend a month in France every year or in the Bahamas or wherever you wanna go, uh, the ability at, through Google to work from anywhere is a great thing, which means great for travel, Super interesting for the whole flexible rental trend that, that we've talked about a lot on this show. Um, but all in all, once Google start, starts setting a standard, I think we'll probably start to see that trickle into uh, other companies and other uh, industries. So big win in the, in the long run for us in the travel space, whether it's hotels or vacation rentals. More people having more flexibility of where they work means more people on the road and spending more time uh, in destinations, which uh, ultimately I think is good for everybody. You, you learn a lot by travel and um, I forget who, who made the quote, but if you only stay in one spot, you only read one page of the book. So get out there and explore. I love oh, that. Wow. If you only read so now yeah. we have a weekly quote of Michael, or should we? You want to? I can come up with some. Let's do it. Let's do it. Put some pressure <laughs> on us. Drop will happy. We'll be happy. I'm going to say, speaking of uh, rent responsibly from our, our little pre chat, um, 
Dave Krause always coming in with quotes at every engagement that he's on too. So it's kind of a fitting. Yeah, well, we it wasn't the Skift article, by the way, Michael. Uh, no, it was not. Um, we are because you don't have a subscription, right? Is that maybe that's the we're issue? We're not sponsored, um, so we're going to have to, I guess, explore other publications. Yeah, we've um, we've reached out to Skift and no response. So you know, Good Morning Hospitality <laughs> remains uh, remains solo on the sponsorship with uh, news articles. But hey, we're okay with that. We can we can find we're very resourceful. We're still open to it. We're still yeah. open to it. Yeah. Well, in the case of Google, it means you have to work from their office in a different location, or you can just work from the, the beach chair on the Bahamas. Work from the beach chair in the Bahamas. You can work from anywhere. Um, I mean, they've, they're already working from anywhere now, right? So what's yeah. the difference? Yeah. Well, I went to the office. One of my last travel was, was last year in Feb to, uh, to Silicon Valley, and I visited their office. But if you see their office, it was old shit, if I can really summarize it in, in two words. Well, it wasn't so nice. And then uh, two hours later, I was in the Apple office. You can't compare. So I can imagine that there are people in their offices. And they have cool offices, right? You know, it's going to be pretty cool sometimes inside. They had a pretty cool one here in Krakow. But I remember the one in Silicon Valley was, uh, was bad. I, I think it's a really good thing. You, you Europeans are spoiled by how much time off you get. Uh, but for us Americans, it's hard, it's hard to even like <laughs> turn off when you're on vacation. Yeah. This is basically a way to like go on vacation. You still have to work, but at least you don't have to do it from the office. So like, yeah. go, go still use your, your, uh, save your PTO for some other time. But I was talking to a friend who's like, uh, only in America do you work all year long for your two weeks off. And you're like nonstop going, going, going. And then on your two weeks off of vacation, you're out, like out on the beach. And it's like a, a, a dude out in his uh, bathing suit. And he's like, all right, I'll be in the water one second. I just got to make sure everything's okay at work. I just got to check my emails real quick. And it's like, you work so hard for the two weeks off. And then on your two weeks, you're constantly thinking about it. So, Well, I only see pictures of you on your Instagram, having holidays, staying in hotels. So I think your holidays, your, your life is one big holiday or not. Uh, that's, why life, we, that's why we chose to be in the uh, travel space. Exactly. <laughs> I may look like I'm on holiday to everybody else, but everyone in the industry knows that we're working, actually. And, you know, and you're inviting yourself for inspections, right? So have a free stay or not? Yeah. 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 No, good. No, it's been cool. Every like not every time, but there's been a couple of times I, I stayed at a hotel and there's like a welcome sign. It's like, welcome Slick Talk. And you're like, oh, whoa, I'm famous. Um, someone at the hotel listens. So cool. Uh, but now it's you're influential. You're in the top fifty, right? What information huh? are you submitting when you're booking these places? Will Slickers and then my address and my zip code and uh, <laughs> media multimedia giant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm the top fifty most influential people in the U.S. in hospitality. Top twenty in the vacation rental space. Yes, top top number one or number one uh, podcaster. And host of Good Morning Hospitality. I think that's the one that is kicking this one. And it's like, stay here as long as you want. You've got a bright future, Will. A bright future. Things are like right around the corner for you. I feel it. And so wow. young. He just He's just there. It's just amazing. It's like, it's like well, it's an honor to know you. You guys are making me blush for anybody <laughs> listening. Uh, I'm completely red right now. I don't know how to... Uh... I don't know how to handle compliments from from guys on on uh, camera. So, so. Uh, good energy on Monday morning. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, I, I'm curious to 
<laughs> to try to say. <laughs> um, uh, for the topic of the day, we're talking about niche. So niche, and I guess this hybrid thing that we've been talking about um, is different than what we've been framing it because hybrid was like no one like we we're talking about no one's going back to the offices at all but now google's kind of announcing like 20 percent of the people are going to be going uh to the office you know maybe two days three days a week uh that type of flex model and there's also niche booking sites such as um i think it's hip camp where it's like a glamping travel there you have yonder you have a couple other like specific niche ones um a famous one that we know, uh, Mr. Golden, uh, Flarbo, you know, Flor- Florida vacation rental by owner um, out in, in Florida. So, like, there's different specific niche sites. Um, and I wanted to get your guys' opinions on the power of niche sites, um, whether they are part of the recovery or is most recovery going to be from these main channels such as Airbnb, Verbo, Expedia, Booking, you name it. Um just kind of want to get your thoughts on it. So I'll uh, let you guys go, go at it. Well, before the expert in the niche rental sites jumps in, um, I, I think I actually, you know what? I'm going to let Michael go. Uh, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save my thoughts and opinions until after he speaks. Okay. <laughs> A wow. wise man. Uh, you do it all the time. No, but it's interesting. <laughs> no, but before, before Bridgeroom, I had a travel agency, and actually, it's interesting because we had actually the same trip. It was packaging flight hotel transfers and optional tours, and actually, we we were selling the same trip actually for the for the same price, same hotel, everything was the same, same flight, but on two websites. One we had a general brand travel service, and the other one was a niche brand, focusing on destinations. The conversion on the niche brand was 10 times higher. The acquisition cost was much lower. So I think still people see if you're a specialist in a specific area, it gives trust. And for sure, if you're looking at conversion, it will help a lot. You see, of course, the, the, the big brands, the Airbnb, so this world, of course, they have the power. The other end, I think you can see will be a trend as well. When I think you have a strong niche, and when you're good in your niche, I think still you have existence and you can be still strong. And you see that major, uh, like the, the niche markets, often they really know what they're talking about. But this is also, people are some willing to pay sometimes a premium as well, to pay a bit more for expertise and, and service. So if they go to a niche player, I think for sure there's, there's, a, there's a market for it. And I think it will not be waved away from, uh, from the Airbnbs. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think there is definitely a, a strategy and a play for niche sites. Um, Glamping is a perfect example, right? Um, a site that just focuses on castles, so you don't have to like sort through everything on on Booking.com or Verbo or Airbnb. For sure, uh, your favorite website. Do you? Is it? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, we'll we'll look back on this ten years from now, when when I'm living in a castle, shopping castles to people. Um, but at the same time like home away was the king of acquiring niche sites right home away bought like 13 brands and ended up building one of the biggest one of the big three otas right (laughs) so there pros and cons 
in my opinion, you know, the, the TAM is, as more niche you go, the, the more, the lower the TAM is, but I know some folks, probably the smartest guy in the space, in my mind, is a guy named Dave Angotti. Shout out, Dave. You're probably not listening, but we'll, uh, we'll tag you in this. So, so you'll listen next time, but he is the king of niche local sites. So he runs smokymountains.com, which started out basically as a tourism site where he built a ton of content. Uh, they started adding cool things like the leaf changing calendars. So people would know when to time the, the best trip to the Smoky Mountains during the fall when all the leaves were changing. And that gets picked up in publications like USA Today every year. And, and the amount of direct traffic he drives is absolutely insane. Um, I'm sure at a, at a CAC way lower than the OTAs do for, for his site. Um, so there, there's definitely a, a place for it, but you have to be a pro at it. You, you can't just go and buy, you know, some URL that's nice and, and expect it works. It's very, very methodical. Um, and, and you have to continuously reinvest into it. Uh, from an SEO standpoint, from a content standpoint, but yeah, I'd say it's it's a hard game to play. But when played right, it can be very lucrative. Well, in the beginning, we we quite early we got an investment offer from venture capital fund. Is okay. What we would like you to do is including flights, and tourist activities, everything, and make it. This is not the right timing. We're not even good, to be honest. In in hotels, we have a long way to go there still. So why we should already go? First of all, to the space, and I think we should not even go into the space because it's a completely different space. So <clears throat> sometimes it looks interesting because it looks like a bigger market, which you can can aim, but also just know that the the lake you're fishing in is much bigger, right? So yes, and it's also much harder to, to catch a fish if there's much more people try to catch the fish. So it's also, I don't know, it's, oh, it sounds nice at least. But yeah, it is, um, if you go to an, an large, uh, like, like everything in general, what you want to offer, like, like, the majority of, of the travel or like the one that's spoken on a niche, it's going to be the, the, the lake you're fishing is much bigger, right? They're going to be challenging like, to compete with others. If you're strong in a niche, you have your knowledge, you have your service, you have your expertise. You also know probably how to target your customers better, right? If you just know you're focusing on castles, a specific group of people, it's old people probably who want to stay in, in castles plus Michael. That's pretty all you have to target. Uh, cool people like me and Will, probably not the audience you, you want to target. So there, there, there will be some differences there in targeting people. So when you have a brand which is including castles, cool properties, modern design, everything, you just have to target a much bigger audience, which is going to be more challenging. Well, I was going to say, too, the, I think when you start out with a niche, like you specifically aim for this, like, let's say, glamping. I, I like using them as an example because I think it's a, underestimated segment but that's super niche you start in this route and then as you specialize and let's say you take five years and you really own that and become the master in glamping or the master mm -hmm. in whatever and um, that gives the opportunity for you like versus early on like let's say a year into it you're like oh we're going to go into now castles and this and this and that you you haven't really honed in your specific niche so it's kind of damaged that fact but if you spend five years own glamping and then say you know we're the masters in in glamping nobody else does glamping niche sites the way we do 
and it's proven, you know, as, as everyone knows, when they think of clamping, they think of X, Y, and Z company. Um, that camp, that company, then when they expand into other areas like castles or um, whatever, become like it, it will take off better than if, if they just did it like a year down the road of starting their journey. So I think niche is really powered by the longevity of how long you master that skill compared to being like the jack of all trades and master of none, which is kind of like the saying where you own a bunch of stuff and you can do general, but you can't really hone into one area specific. I think it's also related to like, if you're looking at well, what is your aim often for for a startup or for companies is a potential exit, right? And if there's more players in your area and you're the strongest or one of the strongest or biggest competitor in glamping, for example, they make it super interesting, of course, for acquisition. So you see the most acquisition is always done, mostly mm -hmm. done in specific niche players because they're creating some added value or specific kind of added value for the company they would like to have. So I think also when you're building a business, you have still overall and there's like too much, there's not a lot of overlap in what you're looking for. And of course, driving away the interest and potential acquisition. So I think you'll see what we also see the consolidation. If you're strong in one part, for example, and if there will be players who are doing uh, noise detection, they do channel management, they do whatever, it's much likely interesting to, to, to buy, to be acquired. If there's one player in the, in the field who is doing competition for noiseware, for example, okay, they're becoming quite big in this, in this niche. Okay, we might acquire them or merge them or whatever which construction. So, I think also when you look at business with perspective, it makes much more sense often to build a niche, also for if your goal is a potential a potential exit or sale of the company. Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to kind of like bring up a conversation I had yesterday, actually. Um, well, not yesterday, Friday uh, of last week, but. So we've talked about Muse a couple of times, right, on the show. And Richard, one of the founders for um, Muse, is, was talking about the, so talking about how hospitality or hotels kind of messed up. And I'm going to bring this back into niche um, versus non-niche in the sense of how we think about space. Because he, so this is what, he said that, you know, hostels sell a bed. And then if you want a locker to store your stuff, you have to buy a locker. If you want to, a desk, you have to rent out the co-working. If you want, you know, a private bathroom, you have to, like, there's all these, like, four or five segments that you're adding on to this, the basic service. Um, and then hotels, like, when you book a hotel room, you're getting a bed, a desk, and a bathroom. Most likely, those are the top three. And then whatever services or accommodation um, extras you want to add on, um, they're all you're just booking those. But you may not need them. You may just need the bed. You may just need the restroom. You may just need the desk. Who knows? Um, but so selling space in a different way than, I guess, uh, like you think about just glamping or just castles. But now you think about the overall selling of space. Uh, the amount of meeting spaces in hotels that get wasted because you have to go through the whole sales process when really someone really just wanted to say, look, my team, we have a West Coast team. We're here. We just need somewhere to work for a couple hours. Um, the co-working spaces aren't open or they're not, you know, they're not available. Um, but they can't get that space because of all this stuff. What do you guys think about the generalized space uh, that is either used, non-used, sold, unsold. Is is it safe to say those are the least used rooms in most hotels? I would say so. Yeah. The worst space. 
Yeah. yeah, the worst use of space. Like I, I can use two examples from my main hotel where I first started, where there's 60,000 square feet of event space. Yes, we were attached to a convention center, so we did get used quite often, actually. Uh, but the smaller meeting rooms, the boardroom, the breakout rooms. Never used. Barely, barely used, unless it was like overflow from a big convention stuff. Yeah, because uh, if you're if you're in town interviewing people or you're you've got a meeting or something like yeah, it's much cooler to go meet at the best restaurant in town or. The, I the thought you would have proposed the bedroom or the hotel room. That's also a bit awkward, maybe. But let's meet in the hotel room. Or could no, be people, yeah. people did that. We had <laughs> we had people that would rent yeah. out one of the penthouses and just use like they yeah. would just use it, yeah. and they wouldn't even stay the night. They would just use it for the day and then they would leave. And then we would well, just for vacation rental makes sense, but if you have the table facilities, everything there, why not? Yeah. I don't know how the whole you can see hotels moving in this day use. I don't know how vacation rental moving in this direction, but it, it does make yeah. sense, right? Well, to, to answer your question, Will, um, I think the two best pioneers of space in the past decade have been WeWork and Airbnb. Yeah. Like the concept of I've got a spare bedroom in my house and I live in New York or London and it's crazy expensive or San Francisco in their case. Like how do I make money off of this space? Like, I don't want a full-time roommate, but maybe for certain conventions, I can subsidize my rent. If I do it one weekend a month, it helps cover the cost of living in a two-bedroom versus a studio. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, WeWork, it's total game changer for, for how people think about office space. Like, you don't go into an office every day. Uh, if you're an entrepreneur, you're you're starting your business, you're on the road, you're doing meetings all over town. You're, 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 you're not, you don't need a full-time office when you're getting started. You do need somewhere to, to store some stuff and to call home and to you know, maybe have your, your team stand up meetings and things like that. But the, what those two companies did to kind of rethink um, space is awesome. And, you know, we, I at least keep coming back to this whole flexible rental movement and that's going to be the future. Like the, that's the next WeWork, the next Airbnb is how do some of these multifamily buildings turn these properties into more than, more than what they are today. Mm -hmm. uh, how can they get the most out of the space? Cause you know, if I've lived with a consultant before, I might, might go a month without seeing the guy, right? yeah. um, but how does he make money out of, out of the vacancy that he has to pay for, for rent? True. Well, have you guys heard of uh, peer space at all? No. Well, it's a, it's a, another kind of like a day use. Are they sponsoring or? Huh? How much did they pay for this ad? sponsor? No, how much it no, I, I I just heard a room. On, <laughs> I heard a room with them uh, on Clubhouse, and I looked it up because it's kind of like you know dayuse.com or whatever. But it was created for creators, like you know photographers, videographers, whatever, um, that could rent out a space for a couple hours. Um, it's not an overnight thing, so it's not like Airbnb. It's not a hotel room, but it's more of like 
uh, a co-working space can put their thing on there. It's kind of like an OTA for this kind of really small window hourly books, maybe or so type stuff. Um, And we've, and I heard a lot of people in Airbnb or short-term rentals or even hotels in the clubhouse room that were like, Oh, is this something that you guys offer for these types of accommodations? And that conversation was really, really interesting because like you look, I think right when I got into the industry at like 20 years old, so six years ago, uh, when there's a day use, I think it was dayuse.com or some of these, one of these um, day use type booking platforms went on Shark Tank and they got declined. They didn't get a deal. They got zero funding. Sharks were like, nope, hotels are never going to do this, uh, this type of whole thing. And um, and now it's kind of becoming the conversation where hoteliers, short-term rental people, I, I see people that have tree houses and all this other stuff on there. Um, and they're booking them out for photographers or for these, you know, whatever type creative. It's interesting, right? Because you see the YouTube or the new cool locations or the Instagrammers and everything. So it is, I never thought about it, but it's pretty interesting to make it really like, indeed, the kind of a day use functionality really focus on on, on this audience. Yeah. Yeah, I like it a lot. So it, it kind of makes me start questioning, okay, is like, is there is this niche thing going to become not just for overnight stays, but is there going to be OTAs for day use usage where it's going to be, again, taking up where space is not being used? Um, is, is this going to be the part where people start to realize that nightly rates are not the only thing to, to grow your business? You know, can you get an extra hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars a year by doing this day use types or this, you know, space rental, um, change, but is there something sure. in date use in the in the short term rental industry? Because of course, no, I know the hotels, the, the day uses of stuff. But is there something in the vacation industry? Industry? Well, yeah. yes and no. I know a lot of people that take bookings of, from people that say we're here for a music video or we want to film a scene for a movie here or mm-hmm. we have we're we want to host a baby shower or a bride's whatever yeah like, well it is also something you want to connect but i and this i can't say the name but one of our our uh, this guy on investors board members they actually he went out his his house actually on on airbnb i don't know if that airbnb one of those platforms and then he was looking a video of some rappers dutch rappers so something you just don't want to listen to anyway and then he saw his house in there so actually they they they, they rent his house for two nights or three nights and they did use just use it to record a video in there in his jacuzzi and everything like look at me so yeah, I know something. So I think also you just would like to know, right? If it's going to be used for this, and then instead of just for for stayover. So, well, if they do, yeah. I would say, hey, do a. You got to tag me in the video. You got to tag us. Put our link. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I know in cities like LA and Miami that happens quite yeah. a bit, especially if you have some of the higher end homes. And in fact, the house I lived in in Atlanta, uh, they they film a lot of movies and TV shows out of Atlanta. Um, our landlord asked us to, to be gone for the day. And she bought us like a rack or two of beers, uh, <laughs> to disappear. And they filmed a commercial in our house. Like it mm-hmm. was, uh, well, I think it's, are there, this is not one of the conditions or in the terms of conditions of an Airbnb is okay. Just, if you want to film, record something in, in here for, for commercial purposes, you have to ask permission to the owner. There's something like this or. Um, good question. I, I know it happens frequently. 
Um, typically they ask like, yeah, but, mm -hmm. but I, I can also assure you that they don't always ask. <laughs> um, there's, there's a genre of video that doesn't often get asked if, if they can film in your unit. I don't uh, get it. Can you explain, Michael? It's not really clear for I know, me. I know some people in certain markets have struggled with that too. <laughs> Still not clear. Miami. <laughs> Miami is bad. <laughs> well, no, I think it's a. I still think this overall conversation. There's like another it, business model to go in this space, but not kind. Maybe it goes too far for Monday morning. Yeah, for Monday morning, it's a little, a little deep. Friday <laughs> uh, afternoon chat. <laughs> uh, no, I think this is something still to watch. Like, because I know recovery, like recovery is happening. We all see it. Um, Michael and I last, or yeah, Golden and I last week uh, talked about you know our travel experiences during this time and how it, it does. It is returning. It's not quiet. The streets are not empty anymore. People are out. Um, and as this you know happens more and more, I think like the niche sites are are already. I feel like we're thriving in the beginning, but I th feel like it's going to become a, a unique. I think people are going to get creative. It's not going to be just nightly rates anymore. It's going to become more, how can we optimize? Huh? Yeah. As soon as hospitality moves into an hourly rate, I don't know if that's the right direction for us. Well, I'm not saying like hourly, but like, if you think of a, okay, you have a, uh, a photo shoot for four hours and then you have another three hours before your guest checks in, the room's already clean. Um, you just got to go wipe it down again, which costs little to no labor. What like why not? Like why as, at least for in like for me, my management company, I would do it. Be like, yeah, that's more and we can probably go to the owner and be like, look, we get all day use revenue. Um where yeah. you, you get the nightly. It blows my mind that a lot of hotels in major international hubs don't have like a eight hour pass. Like if you if you have a yeah, the technology is a problem often. So they don't have the, 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 the platform or their channel manager or whatever they're using. It's just not ready for it. And I think that's the biggest challenge there, that they're just not able to facilitate those bookings. Yeah. I mean, you have a six, eight-hour layover in Paris on your way to somewhere else. Like, instead of sitting and trying to sleep in, on some awkward chair in the corner and protect your bags and all that, like... <laughs> Hey, so Yotel is doing this, right? So, so you've got Yotel, they're doing this. So you can book for three hours a room or seven hours, whatever. I use it a few times. Awesome. Works quite well. Yeah. Well, they're they're on to something. Yeah. But well, I did it at the airport in London. And but it, I, it has to be the airport hotels. Like that's, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they charged me an arm and leg for four hours, but still it was... They charge you a lot. Yeah. But yeah. you're tired. You just want to rest. You just want to sleep. Exactly. So you just pay... You pay premium, pay as much as needed just to have this room. Yeah, yeah. You want to shower, you want to sleep, and that's, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to watch for sure. All right, fellas. Well, let's get, uh, get the week going. Yeah. Yeah. Happy Monday, and we'll see you all next week.